Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, sweet pleasure seekers. This is the Pleasure Zone, and this is a funny kind of time on the planet to be talking about pleasure. I bet this is probably, for a lot of you, the weirdest time on the planet to be talking about pleasure. And for those of you who are listening in the future, you might refer to this as, remember the time when the coronavirus hit the planet? And for those of us who are living through this and making our way to the other side. And for those of us who are in it right now, like, what am, what am I even thinking? Like, how dare I even talk about pleasure at a time like this? Damn it. Shame on me. <laughs> so, only a crazy person would do that, right? Well, the truth of the matter is, is I think this is the absolute correct time if I had to give it correct or incorrect, I think this is an ideal time to actually be inviting more pleasure into our lives. I actually think that some of what has been set into motion has created ways to look at pleasure in totally different ways as well. And I'm pretty interested to see what everybody out there is choosing and doing and knowing. And from an observational standpoint, from my perspective, I just am really curious. What are you choosing that is bringing you even 1% more pleasure today? For some of you, it may be stocking up on toilet paper gives you great amounts of pleasure. And if that's why you're choosing to hoard toilet paper, all the power to you. If it's bringing you pleasure, okay. If you're doing it out of fear and insanity, I'm not quite sure what that's all about. But as one of my friends, um, Sylvia Kasuma from the Netherlands wrote, she said that the um, all the different uh, strip joints have closed down and she figures that the probably the toilet paper is being sold to men so that they can masturbate into their toilet paper for cleanup. And so she's pretty sure that it's as a result of the uh, all the different brothels and stuff being closed in the Netherlands that there's a shortage of toilet paper because she couldn't figure out uh, people aren't pooping themselves it must be masturbation and I was like you're on to something girl that's got to be part of it that's actually really strange to me because I have heard nothing in where I live in Ontario Canada I've heard nothing about things like brothels being closed or uh, anything like that so I'm wondering like does anybody know out there does anybody know where you're where you're at in the world right now do any of you know if your local strip joints are open can you, like, go up to a stripper and share coronavirus with her? Can she share it with you? Like, is this all good? Or are they stripping with masks on? Like, do you have to put on a bunch of sanitizer before you go in? And I'm thinking if you do have to put on sanitizer before you go in, shouldn't that be mandatory, like, anyway? Like, I'm thinking that would should be mandatory. That um, Just, like, you walk into a strip joint, 
and you get on your sanitizer. That That's just me. I have a different kind of brain that way. I've truly only been to two strip joints in my life, and they were like in the 90s, and people weren't really using sanitizer so much then. So it wasn't really something in our universes. So I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking that the world is having a very interesting turnaround right now. And my question actually of the hour is, what is the energy that we could contribute to each other that would make things just a little different? You know, to me, things like hoarding are actually the energy of of, uh, separation and they're creating, uh, it's also inducing fear and things like that. So for people who do have things to share, there are people out there who do have, you know, food. They might have uh, stockpiled food or something, but they're actually willing to share it. So there's a difference between having it to be able to share it with people and having it to hoard it for yourself. And this show today, All About Love, is really, to me, all about how do we contribute to each other. So in a way, sharing. And sharing, as I have this crazy aunt who always said, sharing is a caring, and love is a sharing. So if love is sharing, and sharing is caring, I guess love is caring, and there's this triangle that goes on. She would say that. She would take us for ice cream, and then she would lick our ice cream. And then you'd look at it and go, like I don't want to eat the ice cream that my aunt just slobbered all over. That's love? That's love? How's that love? That's not love, my friends. You don't take a kid's ice cream and lick it in front of them and then go, oh, that's love. Love is a shitting. Talk about confusing messages about love. Love is not taking somebody's ice cream and licking it. Uh, Love is also not spreading disease in general, people. Like, I gave you the ice cream example to gross you out, but it's not that different than going out and, you know, breathing your cold on somebody, you know, whether it's gone to extreme corona or not. You know, sharing your cold is not love. Sharing your fever and flu, that's not love. Just saying, like, there's love is not always sharing. So think about some of those sayings that you've ever been told in your life about what is love. Love is this and love is that. And love means that you give and give until you die because you're the martyr of the universe. And truly, is that actually even accurate? What is this thing called love? And where can we have something that is like love for each other where there's a kindness and there's a, you know, actually there's like a communication with people and their bodies and their requirements and where can we contribute to these things where can we open ourselves our lives and our energies which is quite different than this isolation energy that we're being told to have isolation is one thing it's actually kind of intriguing because as we become so-called isolated i'm finding that people are getting highly creative in other ways to connect with each other I'm also finding on social media that people are posting things about themselves that maybe you've never even seen before. Like, I'm finding out some of my my social media friends are super crafty, that they've never even put out their crafty capacities before because they were so busy trying to promote something else. And right now, that promoting of whatever else is just not exactly where the planet's at. So now, 
they get to be a different energy. They actually get to be an energy of creation. They get to be an energy of play. And like, seriously, this is part of what I'm aware that the planet's been asking for for so long. Those are components of pleasure, peeps. Those are pleasure components. So what are your pleasure components? So if your pleasure components are you might be a creative soul who likes to, you know, maybe you're painting pottery, doing photography, uh, baking food. You could be doing creativity in so many different ways. What is your creative outlet that you can utilize and share with people? Maybe one of your creative outlets is even like survival tips and tools. It was really cute, actually. The other day I was sitting on the sofa with my daughter and I was like, what are you reading? She had picked up one of my books and it's, I had this book for probably well, 15 or 20 years now, and it's like a survivalist guide to like living in the woods. Uh, I live in the woods, by the way. I live in 45 acres of land with like beautiful trails. So for me, I am in isolation. And people for years have said to me, why do you live so far away from humanity? In that accent, by the way, why do you live so far away from humanity? And I would say, uh, because I love space, and I love nature, and this is where I am. So yay to me. I'm already a natural-born, somewhat so-called isolationist. Actually, I like to think of it more as I receive a lot of pleasure from space, so I choose to have a lot of it, and physical and energetic. So for those of you who don't live in a in an area where you can have physical space, like if you're living in cities and things are very congested just like being there is very congested but you're a lover of space and you just don't have the time or capacity to go out you can always choose to be space and how the hell do you do that right what the heck is that like when you're getting super stressed and super agitated in your body you can literally start to breathe oh what yeah breathe you know how many of you are probably holding your breath and I'm saying you because I've actually practiced for a very long time in my life to be aware of actually breathing. And I'm very aware of when I don't and I do it consciously now. I choose to consciously stop my breath and I choose to consciously breathe. Yes, because I can. So <laughs> not because I'm like a magician, but I am a magician. So for those of you who are like, how do you do that? You can choose to be spaced by getting present. Notice your body. Notice your feet. Notice your butt. And then, you know, if you really want to get creative, you can stick your finger in your belly button. Why? Why not? Because you have a belly button. Because I actually don't know anybody that doesn't have a belly button. So stick your finger in your belly button. Be aware of your body. Take a deep breath in. And on your breath out, just notice that every every sort of thing that feels like congestion on you, like a heaviness, like a weight, as you breathe out, it pushes out. And this energy becomes lighter and lighter. And the more you breathe in and as you breathe out, this sort of sense of lightness is if you're like a balloon is blowing up. And it might only take you a minute or two minutes. And you might find that you're expanding so much that you're actually expanding beyond your own home, beyond your own city. And you might even find that you're expanding beyond this planet and beyond all galaxies, you might find that you're so expansive that nothing is really bothering you. And that, for me, is like one of my favorite, fastest tools to be able to alleviate immediate stresses. 
And there are so many more. I'm a huge fan of something called the Wim Hof Method as well, which is a breathing technique, which is really cool. You can find it on YouTube. Um, I've been doing it for a few weeks now, and it ramps up your immune system. And I invite you to go check him out on YouTube, Wim Hof. So it's W-I-M-H-O-F. It's the Wim Hof Method, and you can find his great, cool stuff on there. And um, he actually has had... Uh, times where people have had injected with him with like toxic endo like endotoxins that are completely toxic that most people would be hospitalized from but he has mastered to have his body be able to um, not only manage that but to be able to counteract it so he's really in a an amazing uh, person and his skills are something that he shares very freely and something you can tap into I mention all of this in All About Love because I think these are so many of the ways that we can not only like love ourselves, but as we look after ourselves, we can so much more easily love people around us, whatever that looks like. And when I first um, was looking at this show as a concept, I was looking at different things for what does love mean? Like how many ways have people described love on the planet? And it's phenomenal the amount of research that has gone into this word. This four-letter word, love, has been so researched over time about so many different perspectives on love. Like what is love really? How do we show love? Well, five languages of love. There are six different types of love. There are like 12 different of this. There's this triangle of blah, blah, blah. Like there's so many different explanations of love. Some of them are kind of cerebral, which I found interesting because how is love something that is in your brain? You know, a lot of times we say love is like this, how do you know you love something? Well, there's this sort of pleasure endorphin that kicks in in your body you're like, oh, okay, so now you got endorphins running in. You're like, oh, I feel so good. And, like, parts of your brain are lighting up, and you're feeling like, ooh, so good. And one of the easiest ways to get those endorphins kicking in is to just smile. So I think right now, how do you show you love is through a smile. Can you just, like, smile at people, smile at yourself, smile at yourself in the mirror? Those endorphins will kick in, and your body whether you believe it or not, your body is not that, you know, your brain is not that intelligent to know if your body's not feeling it yet. So what your brain will do is send those endorphins through anyway. So you start to feel the joy and you start to feel a little bit better. So that whole concept like laughter yoga, there's something to it. And as much as it might look cuckoo and seem strange, there is something to this like stuff like laughter yoga and smiling and how do we share a smile that we can actually create change on the planet so that people can have a little bit of more happiness and more joy in their bodies? And that's what I'm looking to share with you guys today. And one of the things that I'd also like to share with you are some of those cerebral methods that people look at in order to understand relationships more in an intimate way when we're looking at um, people who are doing things like coupling. So... Uh, or even beyond that, where they're, you know, looking at having, um, you know, multiple partners as well. But we're going to start with coupling. And then I'd also like to look at those same concepts and how they could be related to what's going on for us right now and how we can relate to our, um, like, humanity, as well as how we can have this kind of relationships with the planet. 
because a lot of times we talk about having a relationship with the planet, but we actually don't understand what the hell we're talking about. And truthfully, it's something that I'm only really looking at. Like, what does that mean, having a relationship with the planet? What does it mean that we're having a relationship with humankind or humanoid kind? Like, what does it mean for us to have these um, relationships with people? And what does it mean to have love? And love for me has been so confusing most of my life. So looking at it a little cerebrally has contributed and also confused me. And I'm willing to share the confusion and contribution with you guys tonight. And so we will do that. But first, what we're going to do is we're going to head to our very first commercial break. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at MilicaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, 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 sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome back from that commercial break. Uh, today we are talking all about love. Now, the first little segment diverged into some other areas, but right now we're going to actually get down to some of the things about love that are like I was saying before break, a little maybe cerebral and maybe a little conflicting and confusing at the same time, but I'd like to shed some light on them as I feel that as we look at relationships that we have with people and the different kinds of love or lovers that we are, we can also get to maybe understand better the way that we have a relationship with the planet or how these could relate to the planet or maybe what's required right now like what kind of if we were to ask the planet 
Hmm, sweet planet, what kind of love do you require from us right now? Do you, A, do you require love from us right now? What contribution do you require from us right now? If there is love that you require, what kind of love is it um, out of curiosity? So, and maybe there is no love that's required. Maybe there's just listening, which in a lot of ways can be quite loving, you know. For me, when somebody listens, it to me shows that they care. So maybe if we actually started to listen, it would appear like we care. And then maybe we actually would care more than you're pretending that we do or don't. So I want to look at the perspective. Uh, there was a fellow, there's several people who have done research on love, as I'm sure you know. And one of them, his name is John Allen Lee. And he has something called the types of love. And he kind of broke it down to six basic types of love. One is eros, one is ludus, one is storge, pragma, agape, and mania. And they're all kind of different ways we express love. For example, eros is people who really like to be touched. And their touch usually leads to things like intimacy. Usually it leads to intimacy earlier than other love styles. So with eros, it would be like, you go on a date, your first date, um, maybe you touch the person and it leads to sex. Like, and that's the thing. So Eros people are highly passionate and they put passionate as in the sense of like, they really like to get it on. So other words, otherwise, you know me, I'm not a fan of the word passionate, but we'll use it in this context. So Eros likes to put a lot of emphasis on like always being in the honeymoon phase of feeling like they're always getting attention and feeling like everything is always new and refreshed. And that's not always an energy that's easy to maintain because especially if you're in relationship with people who don't express love the same way, it's going to be a little different. Especially with Eros, it can be a lot of maintenance. So to be able to sustain that kind of high intensity of honeymoon phase and romance, it can be a relationship that ends up being short-lived or lots of effort. So, Ludus, I think I'm pronouncing it correct because I'm not Greek, so I'm trying my best. It's actually seduction in itself, where the seduction is valued way more than the relationship. So, it's like having somebody, being in a relationship with somebody who desires constant seduction, uh, wanting to be always... Uh, having the person wanting to be like searching for them and chasing them. So this is like the game of chase and conquer. And, you know, I've talked on some shows about the hunter and the huntress, and this is very much the energy of the hunter and the huntress. So with Ludus, the, the seeker tends to win over the sought, right? So it's like the hunter wins over the hunted. And generally that's through sex. And as soon as that occurs, as soon as the hunter gets the hunted, and it's marked by usually by sex, the relationship is usually over. So it's just, you can check these things. You can even probably notice these trends somewhere in your, your life, in your relationships, and you're like, oh, this person really liked to seduce, seduce, seduce. They got me, and then it was done. Oh, frig. And that, I've seen people who get married, and the seduction is like seduce, seduce, seduce have sex, it's over. And I've, I've seen that in um, quite a few relationships, actually. So storage is another one. In Greek, it means natural affection. 
it's where you actually have a close relationship first that develops, and then it develops into intimacy over that. And the things like passion and sex are very secondary to relating to one another. So, you know, if you've known somebody for a long time, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, let's try this. This might be something to check into. This could be fun. Those Usually there's like a sense of peace and security and stability in those relationships with people who have storage love. So if you are somebody who has that kind of storage love and you're judging yourself like, why isn't this exciting? Just ask, is this actually the type of love that works for me? For me, I, I am like a huge fan of storage love. I really enjoy feeling like the sense of stability and security. Like that's one of my ways that I'm I'm like at ease in the world. Um, you know, I, I have a partner that my partner is very much like a friend. Like I knew him before we started dating. I knew him for a few years before we started dating. Um, so we we actually have that kind of relationship. Like sex becomes secondary. Even though I talk on this sex show all the time, in our relationship, sex is secondary. Our friendship is primary. So and that doesn't make our relationship correct and somebody else's incorrect or theirs correct and ours incorrect. It's just different. So, um, and I, I get these are categorizing, but sometimes categorizing helps give you information so you can kind of understand where your partner is coming from or you're coming from and what will work for you and what, you know, you can kind of have a heads up about what will or won't work. So mania is another kind, and you've probably heard the word mania before, you know, manic depressive. The manic is the mania phase, the high, high, high. It can be highly destructive because it's always looking for, like, adrenal overload. It's extreme, it's wild, and it can be quite dangerous. These are, like, people who go through a lot of highs of attraction and emotional intensity, and then they go through super lows of neediness. And then there can be a lot of jealousy and a lot of obsession going on. And there also tends to be with mania heroes losing the partner that perpetuates a need to be reassured. So for some people who are going through mania, it can be kind of um, tiring, actually. And although they are, uh, it can be so extreme, it can also be, at the same time, almost exhausting. So... A lot of people who are mania lovers, they are usually like the smooth talkers. Um, they can also be very smothering as well. So they'll probably smooth talk you into being with them. Then they get to be into the smothering mode, always wanting to be around you. Then sometimes even being a stalker, 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 I'm hilarious, <laughs> stalker. Um, and sometimes there's elements of control that go on as well. So just things to note. And we talk about pragma, which is like that word, that short form of pragmatic. It's practical love. It's convenient love. These are people who have come together for compatible factors. A lot of times in relationships in the past, it's like people who were married to be able to sustain a kingdom. Or, you know, you know that's like a bigger version of that. Like it's very practical and convenient. These two families should come together for the betterment of a business, for the betterment of a kingdom, for whatever. And in this reality now, when we don't have so much of the marrying for kingdoms, um, it's more about, oh, seeing somebody as being a good father or loving the person um, 
for certain aspects of them rather than the whole person of them. So sometimes um, people who are trying to have relationships with somebody who's a pragma lover will sometimes have, it'll sometimes be tricky to be with somebody who's a pragma lover because they're more interested in their sort of their roles or they have to have a reason to love you. So it's like they might be like, I love you because you're so good at this. Um, so they kind of love you because of roles rather than the whole thing. So it can be can be a little tricky. Agape is another love, and it's actually self-sacrificing. It's not always the most easy love to have for somebody. It's non-demanding. It's only giving, which can be, again, one of those exhausting loves. It's not an intimate love. It's kind of like a love that, you know, the martyr mother or martyr father would give to their child. It's all about, I will give you my whole life. In fact, I will cut my breast and feed you with the blood of my breast if I have no milk left. It's that kind of cuckoo-ness. So with that relationship with agape, when somebody's constantly only being able to give, it can be very hard to be in a relationship with them because they can't receive. And intimacy uh, needs actually requires gifting and receiving. So there's some ways to look at these relationships. There's different love matches that will work. Um, I think, you know, when you look at some good love matches, things like two people who have Eros love together can work. Two people who have storage love can work. Kind of like my husband and I were both kind of storage lovers. Or two pragma lovers. And then there are other ones that are like possible matches and difficult matches and some matches that don't work so great as well. If you'd like more info on that, I can actually tap into to more of that um, after the break because we are going to just be heading off to our next, very next in, uh, commercial break. So you are listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time? for a totally different sexual evolution. Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melissa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. 
This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at militzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone, where today I'm just trying to, not trying, I am, gifting you some tips on love and pleasure and looking at in this world of all this chaos where we can add a little bit of pleasure to our lives in different ways and we were last talking about uh, the six different styles of love that lee had established and after that sternberg had changed them up a bit and put them into a model of seven combinations and that becomes interesting because the seven combinations he talks about how if one of the lines, you can imagine there's a triangle, okay? And at the top of the triangle is intimacy. Uh, in the one little, see the, the corner of the 45 degree angle? So this is like, a, uh, what's the word for that? Isosceles triangle? All same sides. And at the very top is the intimacy. And then the very bottom, for example, one of the very bottom little corners would be commitment. And the other bottom would be passion. So between the intimacy and the commitment, if you have both of those, you have companionate love, which is like friendly, friendship kind of love where you actually enjoy each other's company. So the other kind of qualities to intimacy are where you're liking somebody. Commitment, the other part of that could be like an empty love, like you're either in or you're out, right? So... There's different variations of those energies. And then on the other corner, we've got passion and infatuation. So between infatuation and empty love, you could have fatuous love, which is just a love that's very um, burning fast and hard, but it's, it's just infatuation. It's empty love with infatuation. So if you were... If you have only one of these lines and you're missing the other two, or if you're having two and you're missing one, then there's something kind of lacking going on. Between the passion and the intimacy, you've got the romantic love. And that's what a lot of people talk about. They're looking for romance. They're talking about passion and intimacy. And then when they get involved in the relationship and they'd like it to go further, they forgot a part, but the part where they'd actually like commitment. When you get all of these going at the same time, you have something that Sternberg refers to as consummate love, which is passion and commitment and intimacy all together. And I think that's uh, a pretty interesting way to look at it, uh, as he refers that the intimacy are like the feelings of closeness and bonding and connectedness, and passion is the way we're attracted to people, and commitment is that you're actually deciding to have a long-term relationship. So when I say that it's interesting to me is that because so many of us, we sometimes forget part of that or we have conclusions about what these things mean and then somehow we get kind of, um, what's the word for it? 
we get kind of distracted, I guess. We get into this, we get into our triangle of love, and then we forget that maybe there's something that we're missing. So maybe we're missing the companionate aspect or the romantic aspect, and this definitely occurs. So, you know, there are lots of times where we might have this infatuation thing going on and we think it's love. So how do you know the difference between infatuation and love? So for you yourself, have you ever noticed what is the difference between infatuation and love? So I'll just talk from my perspective. So one, actually it's not so much my perspective as it is the perspective that I picked up on when I was um what was I doing? I'm trying to put this in a way that isn't going to make me sound totally crazy. So I was doing some, we'll say, I was doing some type of meditation stuff and I was starting to read into different belief systems of the world. And one of the things that I read about was what is love versus lust. So lust is what we tend to have as this burning desire sensation where it actually distracts us. So lust is what this energy is, according to some of these more older teachings that I remember reading. Lust is this thing that actually distracts us from our life. So if you have lust for somebody, you you tend to be constantly having them on your mind and you have this uh, fear of loss as well. And love, true love, is what they always refer to as like true love is what like is the is what the universe gives to us. True love is the relationship we have that first we have with the universe as gifting us life, then we have with ourselves, and then we can have with others. So I know we often talk about love yourself first. And what if we switch it up to love the universe as the universe has gifted us life, love ourselves, and then love of humanity. So, or you can go love of yourself, love of the, you know, universe for gifting you life and love of humanity, or, you know, whoever. If you feel like you only have love enough for one person, I just want you to double check that because is that even true when people are, adamant that I can only love the one. Well, you can only love one person with 8 billion people on the planet. You're either incredibly selfish or incredibly depleted uh, or you're lying to yourself about those. Or um, if it's really, really, truly true, like, do you enjoy just having love for one person? And I wonder how much that person enjoys receiving that much love because when I think of love, I think of it as an energy that is, as much as love uses me, I think of it as this massive energy that is utilized for creation. So as as much as I think of orgasms as an energy that's utilized for creation, there's an aspect of love energy that is, is also contributing to that. There's also this difference between like love and gratitude. And I've talked about that on many shows before, the difference between love and gratitude, because love, as you've noticed, there are so many descriptions of love. Six alone from Lee, seven ways to understand it from Sternberg, 
you know, the five languages of love as well. Like, it goes on and on. Why? Because really, do we even understand any of this? Anybody out there, does anybody understand love truly? Can you understand something that is not understandable? Can you actually understand something that is not quantifiable? So even from a scientific perspective, you can see reactions in the brain because of endorphins. You can see different things that occur when a mother looks at a child and their body reacts and they smile and the baby smiles and then both of them have these hormones that kick into the body. Same what goes on for a father as well if the father's had lots of contact with the baby as well. Um, if you want to know more about that, there's a great show on Netflix called 100 Humans and they... No, no, that's not on 100 Humans. I've been watching a lot of documentaries. That was on a documentary about babies <laughs> so, um, and babies' reactions to parents. So we all actually can, at, in our reactions, in our facial reactions to each other, we can show an expression of like appreciation, which a lot of us have interpreted as liking or loving which is a different energy than lust, which means I want your loin and I want to do you hard and good and fast and slippery or slow and wet and whatever. So you can have so many different variations of what lust can come out as, but there's definitely a different energy between lust and love. And I have to say that the very first time that I was aware of a difference between lust and love was a lover that I was with when I was 25. And it was the most interesting experience of, at the time, to that date, that I had of an awareness of the kindness of sex that could exist. So my lover at the time, mind you, he was like endowed like a horse, not that you guys wanted to know that, but he was the like most gentle lover of all time at the time, to that date as well. Since then, it's been 20 years, so things are a little different now. But to that date in my life, I had never been with somebody who had been gentle or even uh, considering that I might have feelings or whatever. And the connection, he was incredibly present, and it blew my mind. I literally started to tear. And I was tearing, and he's like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm actually super aware that you love me. And he was like, oh. He had never said it to me. We'd been together for like three or four months at this point. Never said it. I'd never said it to him. And he didn't even need to. I was fully aware of it at that time. And it was such an amazing thing to know without having been told. Because people my whole life had said it to me. But then there was always this freaking weird energy too that would go with it like my dad would say I love you and then he would also tell me five minutes later how I looked like a whore or something which I came to appreciate because I think whores are fantastic but anyway then there was also you know my mom who's not somebody who says I love you who in my you know in this embodiment I think has said to me twice and that's not her language of love her language of love is not words her Language of love is acts of kindness, uh, or whatever. I'm saying acts of kindness. I don't even know what that, if that's one of them. But um, 
there there are different ways people have said it, and then it doesn't quite jive, you know, like your body just goes, hmm, really? And for me, that was the first time that I went, wow, I actually know what that feels like to have that energy of love. And it absolutely overwhelmed me. It it over in a way it overwhelmed me in that I I cried my body cried and I was like wow what do I do with this energy um, and at the time I didn't have the language of oh I could receive this more than uh, that I was confused by how had I not like there was all these things going on in my mind like how have I not ever felt like this from somebody before and at the time he was probably my you know maybe tenth sexual partner of my life or, or maybe more and for me to just for the first time have actually felt somebody who had this great kindness and appreciation and presence I can I can still sense that I'm still very aware of that energy so it was like an energy that I could tap into to know uh, further on in life like what is kindness and not that his kindness is exactly the only kindness that was available but it certainly opened a door to possibilities of other kindness as well from other people, um, and such a gift. So what, you know, what are some of the, oh, sorry, instead of acts of kindness, it's actually acts of service that my mom does. I call them acts of kindness because they generally are. <laughs> so, um, and for everybody, they've got these different uh, ways of expressing that. So it can be conflicting and confusing. And if you can't receive somebody's language of love, then it gets confusing as well for them. So let's look at these different ways to love uh, and look at them in terms of on a broader scale. So you might see yourself in these like the Eros or Agape or Mania or Pragma or, or uh, any of these. You might see yourself in any of those uh, the six that I had mentioned earlier. And you might go, yeah, you might really identify with one of those. Now, and with that relationship, can you see on a broader scale, is this how you relate to everybody? Like if you're somebody who has a quick relationship with somebody where there's like a lot of infatuation, there's sex, it starts fast and it ends fast, is that also how you have a relationship with humankind? That you go in, you have your little, I'm here, I'm out, I get what I want, and I'm done. Is that your kind of way of relating? Are you somebody who has like a, a developed a friendship with the earth, and then you start to develop more intimate relationships with the earth and the planet and humanity? So how can you relate these different ways that you know people have described love or named love over these ages, and how can you write relate them to humanity in general and even the five languages of love like gifts, acts of service quality time, physical touch and words of affirmation you know I wonder if the planet in general and humanity in general would like to receive on a massive scale these energies what gifts would the planet like to receive, what acts of service would the planet like to receive what quality time would the planet like to receive? What physical touch would the planet like to receive? And what words of affirmation would the planet like to receive? And when I look at it from this perspective, I go, wow, this is really fascinating. I think that there is a lot here that we could be contributing 
that we haven't really maybe broken it down that way before, or maybe people have, and I haven't heard that. So what if we can relate all these different acts of love, these languages of love, these different ways of love, and what if we can respond to what the planet has been asking for? If it's been asking for this, if I'm not saying I'm right, but if it has been, are you willing to listen and are you willing to gift your love language to the earth? All right, think about that. So we're heading to our next commercial break. You are listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melissa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at MilicaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome back to the last few minutes of the Pleasure Zone here tonight on the Pleasure Zone, Pleasure Zone, blah, blah, blah. I said it five times. We're good. <laughs> and we're talking about all about love. So we talked about it from different perspectives tonight. We've talked about it from just, you know, in general, like love and having loving experiences and what does it feel like. And then we've gone to sort of more of the cerebral aspects of some people have done studies on love comparative things about different kinds of love and then also the five languages of love which is one of the more common books and if you've never heard of it you can find it on things like audible audiobooks uh, definitely on amazon if they're still shipping and all kinds of different um, resources to find the five languages of love it's a fantastic book i highly recommend it to everybody it's one of those ones that can really you in knowing more about you and maybe why you haven't felt loved or how you actually express love. Yes, the author is Gary Chapman. Thank you for that. And so for today, let's just ask those questions again out of curiosity. So what gifts can I give so Earth? Would you like to receive any gifts? Earth, would you like to receive any acts of service? Earth, would you like to receive any quality time? I'm going to add from any of us listening now and in the future to any of this. And Earth, would you like to receive physical touch? 
first, would you like to receive any words of affirmation? I'm wondering, as I think about the spring coming up and I have this plot of um, my yard uh, opened up, I have, I don't know, it's probably like a 20 foot by 30 foot um, space that I've got the grass pulled out of to create a garden. As I think about it, I get so excited. I am so excited to be able to go excited. Hmm. Well, that's also a little like an exact. I'm, I'm pleased and I'm also like in a state of joy to be able to go out and put my hands on the earth and be able to gift nutrients into the earth by planting seeds to watch things grow. And for me, it's, it used to annoy the crap out of me. I definitely wasn't a gardener. I'm not a fan of the bugs crawling on me. But when I think of it as a contribution to the planet, I can somehow do it in a different way than when I think about it as I'm growing food for myself. Somehow when I'm growing food for myself, it goes funky. When I think of it as this is like my artistic contribution, my creative contribution to the planet, I feel lit up and I and it's great. And then I'm like, I can choose this. This is something that I can choose. Uh, I actually started my garden indoors this week. I got some basil plants that I've been tending. And I am thoroughly enjoying being able to like, even eat fresh um, basil off my dining room table, which is so fun in you know the middle of March in Canada. So what contribution can you be to the planet even if it's just can you just maybe it's just those words of affirmation i'm so grateful for you earth i'm so grateful for everything you've contributed to life for you know billions of years i'm so grateful to this existence that i get to have embodiment and i get to be on a planet that sustains my life and let's bring it down to some reality and have some love for humankind, for mankind, for the planet, for each other. I have no idea what my topic is going to be next week. I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants like the rest of us are on the planet. So until then, stay tuned in to your body and turned on to living. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.